right. Welcome to uh, Nostalgia, the podcast. It's your man, Teron. I'm here with uh, Harv, as usual. Yo. And uh, with us today, we got my man, Kev. Yo. What's up, y'all? Yo, so um, first and foremost, what up, fellas? What's going on, bro? All right, so listen, man. You know, um, I got to thinking over the past week. And um, I was thinking about perfect things, perfection. <laughs> and, and you know, it seems, you know, people say, listen, man, no one's perfect. Right? Everybody always says that. Yeah, it's true. So, but I was thinking, like, is there such thing as the perfect blowjob? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, there is. I know it's out there. Yes. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Is the, is the perfect blowjob, like, Bigfoot? No, like you know, you know, it's a, like it's a possibility, but I've never seen it. I know I've never seen the perk, but you know what? I, I think I've I've wanted different things at different times in my life. Oh, I'll say this: as far as seeing it, I y'all, we've all seen the the Karen Stevens superhead. Yeah, but yo, my perspective on that is it looks it looks better than it is. Like from what I like, if you talking about just seeing it, I, like, I, I don't just, know. I don't I don't know superhead, so I can't. <laughs> I can't tell you firsthand that it's better or not as good as it seems. But, I mean, all right, so here's where I'm coming from with this. As I as I went back through my personal memories, you know, as I went through, you know, the highlight reel, yeah. I'm thinking, can I give out a 10? Like, can I? Like, if this was the slam dunk contest of blowjobs, would I be holding up a 10? I don't know. All right. That's an interesting one. I, I, yeah. See, like, when you put it like that, see, because it's like, yeah, everybody can dunk. Right. Like, that's how I look at it. Like, yeah. everybody can dunk, but it's like, have you ever had the perfect blowjob? Like, well, where, where it's like, everything just fell in line. It didn't take long. She knew exactly what to do. She touched the right places. I, I Maybe you gave you the right eye. I had that. Right eye. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, I had that. At least what you just described, I had that. But it was from a chick who, um, you know, I got that same head any other time, and it wasn't perfect. It was more about the surroundings. We was at the movies, and we and it wasn't oh, yeah. and it wasn't like an empty movie theater where like you got all of this space. Like we was literally right next to niggas, right in front of niggas. Like it was, <laughs> it was a decent amount of motherfuckers there, <laughs> and she was about it. But the movie was whack, so. I'm like, all right, cool. So wait, wait, wait. So that's so so basically, you're telling me the perfect blue job for you is circumstantial. No, it just felt so great. Like at that point in time, that head that she usually gave me felt superb. And then I was watching the movie, and then it was. Then I'm looking around, and all of the circumstances made the head better. So it was like perfect. That was the perfect moment. The perfect thing to do. Yes. And the head was felt perfect. But, you know, all I'm getting at is, you know, I've had that head before that and after that, and it wasn't perfect. It was just that time. Right, right. right. So so circumstances play a part. Yeah, yeah. I think circumstances play a part. Obviously, the Do the person play the part? No, the... oh, they mouth. It don't. <laughs> <laughs> don't be them. <laughs> what, what that mouth do. Right. What that mouth do. Um, shit. <laughs> um... I, I think it is. I think it's very much conditional. Like, all right, as an example, there was a young lady that I had. I was seeing long, long, long time ago. I'm talking about long, 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 long time. <laughs> I'm talking about probably early. I'm saying late teens, maybe late teens, early twenties. Oh wow! I don't and, remember uh, that. Yeah, the fact that I remember that lets me know 
that it was, I don't want to say perfect, but it was the best that I had ever experienced in my life. And I'm 36 now. And I have yet to come across anybody to do what she did at that time. Well, let me ask you, with that being said, are you willing to, like, are you willing to frame that as perfect? Yes. Are so, like, so, her? so, yeah. <laughs> I've had that same, I've had that later on in life with her again. Oh, and it was just as great. All right, so let me ask you, oh, so with that being said, yes. I know who you're talking about now. <laughs> um, with that with that being said, though, like, are you willing to say to whoever new chick A is, hey, new chick A, do it like this? Um, like, you see what I'm saying? Because if that was perfection, like, you know, if you were coach, yeah. you'd be like, look, let's look at this tape. <laughs> this was the way you're supposed to do it. But you know what? It's just like looking at tape. It's just like, it's like Steph Curry. You know, like, nobody can do what he does. Right, there's a lot of good shooters. Like, no matter how much you practice your J, it's never going to be as wet as Steph Curry shot. Yeah, that shit is crazy. Like, nobody. I'm talking about Bird, Reggie Miller, like anybody no, put Ray up there. Allen, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not just the technique. It's about some people are just they are, it, just gifted. Like, she's just yo, talented. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. It's just talent, man. Because I've dealt with chicks that's been doing it for a while, and then I've dealt with chicks that's fairly new to the game. And, and sometimes them new chicks got it, got it damn fucking packed. They yo, just you know what? It. I, I they think mama knew how to do well, it. Well, no. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, damn. Oh, uh, if you take me, they daughter, uh, put me on to their mama. Because I need to go to the source of where it all came from. Ah, you know no, no, no. All right, so, but, but check it out, though. <laughs> I need the source. I believe a lot of it is the want. Like, oh, you know, like the want to be great. Absolutely. Oh, the, like, oh, the wants. Right. Yeah. Like, if you, you know... It, all right, like if, if a girl want to be great at it, yeah. like she's going to put everything into it. Yes. But who, what girls don't want to do it? Oh, know? there's lots of girls that don't want to be great. There's, yeah. there's plenty of women are comfortable being average in yes. this area because they look at they look at it like they're like it's almost like a gift to you. Right. Like you're doing your favor. Like, yeah. Uh, Which they are more or less. I mean, you know, it is it is a good it is good fortune when they actually do that. But, I don't think about it that way. Oh, I yeah, think I about. I think I'm about, always grateful. No, I'm more like, this is what you want from me. Like, you want me to put this down your throat. You want to get smacked in the face <laughs> with this. You want, you want all this. And I'm out. <laughs> who, like, are this, <laughs> who are these women? Yo, this you is said what you want. want me to smack you in the face. I love it, yo. Yo, I really. No, because I think they do. Yo, I need I, to hang up with you. No, no. I see where he's coming from, but. Yeah, they want they want you to bring that freak out of them. They yeah. want to be this, but they're they not just going to do it. They got yeah. You got to make them do it. And then they, they be in love with it. Like, at least that's just been my experience. But see, that's what I'm saying. Like, and they want to be good. Who wants to be whack at anything? But with this, with this individual I'm speaking of, it was just like, like she had me hook, line, and sinker. Like, it's like, yo, this is the only dick I ever want in my mouth. <laughs> and it's like, I'm only doing this just for you. Like, she she, she me. made you believe. Yeah, yeah she sold she me on a whole. It's, again, it's like it's kind of like when you go to the strip club and you get a lap dance. Like, the beauty of the lap dance is making her is make is her making you believe. Like, I'm dancing just for you. You know what yeah. I mean? Even though it's, you're surrounded by people and this money and this music and you know, but when she's so sitting on your she life, got you in the zone. She got you in the zone. I Absolutely, that, that could be a lot of it. it is a mental game. It yeah. is, man. And she did. She sold a hook, line, and sinker. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was beautiful. So, so, so clearly, so for you there is perfection, Kev. Are you saying there is perfection or there isn't? 
There is. I don't know. I think perfection is different. I think it's subjective. You know what I mean? What's perfection to you is going to be different for me. Because just the head itself. All See, because, you know, here's here's my take. The reason why I'm, I struggle with the concept of perfection or the perfect blowjob is because that means that there is no better. Nah. I mean. I, perfect the, means perfect. Yeah. but at Like the, you can't do it any better. Yeah, right. but at the dunk contest, you you know what I mean? There was more than one perfect dunk. Like, I mean, you, you can have more than one perfect. It just probably ain't going to be no better than that. And even if it was, you don't have nothing to rate it as. It you is know what? I agree with that. <clears throat> I agree with that. Because just like, again, talking about the dunking, like, obviously, Jordan from the foul line was a classic. Yeah. But then you think about the Vince Carter when he went underneath the leg on the 360. Yeah. And then you think about my man who did it behind his back and some other crazy Over a shit. mascot and yeah, shit. Like, yeah, that shit was crazy. <laughs> yeah, so it definitely is. It's, it's, you can have perfect over and over again if if they out there. And I think they out there. But it depends on what you think for perfect. I think it's out there. <laughs> I'll say this. I don't think that there is a perfect blueprint. Meaning, like, I don't think there's a perfect technique that you can primarily teach someone. And you can teach someone how to be better at it. You know, you can teach somebody yeah. from being, you know, from being whack to being good. But as far as we talk about perfection, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to agree with Tarak because I remember Super had said it one time. She was like, I can't teach this shit. You got to really love what you do. Like, right. That's what. It, that's why I'm good at it because I really love what I do. Exactly. Yeah, see, and I also think, I think that it also depends on, like, it's from, it's like a person-to-person thing. Because, like, that's what me. I like might not be what you like. Yeah, and that's and that's what I'm saying. Like, okay. so someone can be perfect for for you, Kev, right. but they might not be perfect for me, right? And yeah. vice versa. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's so that's where I'm saying that I don't know if I can ever stand perfect on it. So you begin, and plus not to mention, and, and plus not to mention, I think that you kind of you want to leave something to be desired. Like you know, even if it was perfect, I don't know if I ever want to let you know it's perfect. Like I want you to still work <laughs> at it. Like I still want you to work at your craft. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, I think that, oh, and I'm going to pass that advice on. I don't know necessarily if this is what it is, but I think this is what works. Tell chicks that you never came from getting hit before, and they will oh, suck yeah. this shit out of yeah, you. They want to they wanna be the first. Yeah, if you tell them, even if you did, if you tell them you never it's something did. something about competition. It is, you know what that does. They want to be remembered. They want to be that one that made that happen. I, I second that. <laughs> I second that motion 110%. Yeah, that's why I feel like they want it. You know what I'm saying? Like, they want to be that person. Like, why? Shit. <clears throat> Uh, I could dig that. I could dig that. All right, so let's let's take it let's take it down the road. Let's take it back a little bit to uh, to first times, like not first time blowjobs. Obviously, you know that's no point in doing that. We all guys here. But you know what? I think that she might. have... No. Like, that I was I was gonna say because that was your first one, then that would that yeah, would you, make it seem like perfection. you know what I think <laughs> I she think was my have. first good one. Like I only had one before her. And the one before her, like, I was a real young boy. And it just, like, it was all right. But it wasn't, like, it wasn't, like, her. It was, like. I got you. Yeah, I was, like, yeah, I, I don't want anyone ever doing this. <laughs> Yo, so so let me ask you, man. Back in the day. Yeah. I think I knew the answer for, for most of us. But what was your first drink? Like, what was the first thing? And I don't mean beer. What was, like, your first alcoholic beverage that you ever had? All right, so when you say that you ever had, you mean, like, the first, like, drink that you claim that was your shit? Like, when niggas ask you what you drink, that's what you drink? Or the first time alcohol hits your lips? What? what? <laughs> so good. Let, let's, let's, let's say... Let's Once say hit your lips, it's so good. <laughs> let's say... Let's Fell say, up again. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! He, he gonna do what? <laughs> sorry, go ahead. Let's, no, 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 but let, on some real. Like, let's, let's say, like, your first actual, like, this is my shit. 
Because, right. like, um, you know, when like when I was young, my first shit was E&J. It was the Erkinger. That was my very first drink. Like, All right, so mine was the same. It was E&J, but it was E&J and grapefruit. Mm. Something with grapefruit juice in the E&J made the, the grapefruit juice taste way better. Eh? Uh, but I remember I used to put that shit in the, in the cup before I went to Telefun. Mm. <laughs> and be, yeah, that, that was my thing. And plus, the state store was right across the street from my apartment, so I would grab a bottle of E&J. I always had that on my bar. Mm. That's hard. And grapefruit. Yo, all right, it sounds worse than it ta- than it tastes. It Put it together one time, and I guarantee yeah, it'll be I, something you go with again. Well, you know, since it was the first, I'm not co-signing on none of that first shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't doing none of that first shit. <laughs> oh, let me ask you. Have you had it since? Oh, yeah, I don't even drink anymore. It's a exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's a I'm shit. good. Yeah, he, yeah, you retired drinking with the E&J cranberry juice. <laughs> Because that shit just nasty. <laughs> you. All right, but I mean, because it's so funny, because in hindsight, like, thinking about the, the timing, think about the 90s. Like, I remember when it was like, yo, we had to get that Grey Goose and Cranberry. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. every, you know, yeah. the staples don't count to me. Like, yeah. you know, Henny, Henny's a staple. Right. Crown, Crown is a staple. Yeah. You know, there's lots of stuff that came in and out, but there's lots of staples too. Yeah. Grey Goose is a staple. I would say Grey Goose is now a staple. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if I, I wouldn't. I, I don't think it was a staple back then. I think for I, me, when I first started drinking, all right, I'll say like, all right, my very first drink was was rum and coke, and that was just some random shit that I just didn't know nothing about. So I would just say, give me rum and coke. But like we talking about our first drink, like that's my drink. Grey Goose was my drink, like for most of the early two thousands, late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah, I give you that. Yeah, I'm like, with that. I was all about that goose. And Yo, then, remember when fucking um, Hypnotic came out? Oh, hell yeah. yeah hypnotic was everybody drinking. <laughs> hypnotic. And it was like, yo, give me that uh, give me that, that Incredible Hulk. What was, yeah. that? what was that? It was Hypnotic and... Um, I think Alize. Henny. Henny. It was, it was Henny. Because it, it turned green. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah, yeah. And blue. yeah, it made it turn green. Oh, that shit was hard. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck we said. And then Alize and... Uh, and the Henny was the the cheap thug Yo, but, but, look, but let's be real. You know what my real first drink was? Mad Dog. That wasn't mine. <laughs> that 2020. No, mine was Cisco. If you want to go on that route, the, the liquid crack. Cisco was only $5. <laughs> Every time you say Mad Dog. Yeah, well, you had some horrible times. <laughs> it automatically takes me back to that that that, uh, that Houston Hall job. Yeah. I apparently got, you know, ended up. In the bushes somewhere. I've heard that story, which means that it's a famous story. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to rehash that story on the podcast. You know, we'll, we'll just sum it up by saying we found Harv in the bushes hours later. It's not in the bushes. I was just passed out on the side. Niggas always wanted. He, ref- he refutes the bushes. I was not in the bushes. I was not naked. I had clothes on. Okay, I just passed out after drinking Mad Dog hot. Outside. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, in close proximity yeah. to Bush. So it's uh it's the end of February and um you know, Easter's coming up in a couple in a month or so, month and a half maybe. Yo, it, it made me start thinking. I don't know, and I, I mentioned this to y'all, you know, in our little pre pre game here. I don't know if anybody else used to get Easter sets. And I know some of y'all are like Easter sets. Like, what the fuck is that? Really? Like back in the day, and, and once again, you know, we showing our age, but that's the point of this podcast. Yeah. Back in the day, I I remember every year I would get a new Adidas sweatsuit as my Easter set. That was definitely showing your age. You saw the Adidas sweatsuit. Man. Oh yes, <laughs> yes, Adidas sweatsuit every Easter. 
And it was like, and I'm telling you, this had to be for like four or five years straight because I had like five Adidas. Like, I, I, it seemed like I couldn't get Adidas sweatsuits unless it was Easter. It's like somewhere Adidas in, in, in the Lord being resurrected just came. You know, like, it just all made sense. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow it was like, yeah. I don't know when I stopped wearing suits and I went to Adidas sweatsuits and it was totally okay. You know Jesus was uh, resurrected this day. Yeah. Jesus goes well with Jesus. Yeah, because it's three stripes and right. it took three days. That's why it's Adidas, baby. Yeah. Jesus and Adidas is like one on one. They go yeah, hand I, in hand. Like, I just remember on Easter, man. Like, in Philly, Easter was like everybody went to the zoo. Which, which, I, funny. which I don't understand. I don't that shit I've only been once. <laughs> I've only been once. We used to go to the movies, but I never really had great Easter's. Every once in a while, Easter would, I would get some shit. But. Yo, this shit is just funny. I'm just thinking, like, why did we do these things for Easter? Because now that I'm older, I mean, now granted, you know, you, you know, I think that there's a little, a little bit difference in religions now that, you know, in terms of as we grew. I think that there's a lot more, um, a lot more impact of the influence of different cultures and religions. So I don't know if we go about Easter in the same fashion. Yeah, no, but no. you know, because I'm thinking, like, I don't know if I would. How I would dress my kid now for Easter? Yeah, for Easter, or would I even dress my kid for Easter? Like I, I don't know, but it just made me start thinking. Like man, just the concept of sets. Like remember jumpers? Hell yeah! Oh, well, that's out now. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, but it's like it ain't it ain't like how it was. That's yeah. the, that's the part of being older when you start reminiscing. You see people bring back something that was in the back back in the day, and it just make you start reminiscing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I remember. <clears throat> When I got one of my first jumpers was like a slick jumper. Oh, I had one of those. Yeah, with you know what I'm saying? Yeah, hell yeah. Little slick jumper. Yeah, I remember yeah. I used to have that. I had boy, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I, it's like I remember like yesterday. I had a slick jumper. I had the Jordan. I think the twos. Okay. With like the blue, like the light blue. Yeah. But not like not like the North Carolina blue. Like oh, just yeah. the regular light, regular light like royal blue and yeah. gray. And to match with that, I had a Duke hat okay. and a Duke t-shirt to match with my, my slick jumper. Because yeah. my slick jumper was more like, like that color blue. It was blue. like Stonewash. Yeah, it was like Stonewash. <laughs> slick jumpers was all Stonewash. Yeah, everything was Stonewash. <laughs> yeah. 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 I had that. I, didn't, I only had the jumper. It was a hand-me-down. My shit was like orange and black, though. So, like, it was an interesting color. I had, Man, I had an all-black jumper. I had this. Speaking of sets real quick, I had this leather T.I. sweatsuit. Oh. Dog. That shit was gray, and it had, like, the white stripes. I mean, I'm talking about, I might have been maybe 10, 11 years old with this balling-ass leather sweatsuit on. And um, I had a, uh, I had a t-shirt. I had a turtleneck with an eight-ball on it. The eight-ball, John. Oh, yeah. So I had an eight-ball. You had an eight-ball turtleneck? Yo, I had an eight-ball <laughs> eight turtleneck. Not a jacket. Not the jacket. <laughs> I had an eight-ball turtleneck that was leather. The eight-ball was leather. Man. With the leather sweatsuit, and I had some um, suede filots. The black jewels. Yo. With the strap. Nigga, I was killing them up. Let me ask you, like, should we, do, should we blame our parents in hindsight for dressing us like drug dealers? Absolutely. Nah, well, I mean. Because I didn't buy none of this. Nah, I don't. You I know what I'm saying? I didn't want a dollar to any of that. And what's funny is that was when you used to go buy all your clothes off the ads. Yes, with yeah. Shirley's. You ain't never. Was, yo, mall. It was on Shelton Ave. It was, was it, uh, it was Germantown Shelton? Yeah, I might still do that. Germantown Shelton. Yeah, no. I used to get all my sets from Germantown and Erie. Yeah. It was that's the spot. Either Germantown area or Germantown Show. 
Yeah. Had all that shit, man. That's yeah. what that all the shots used to be popping on Easter time or around Easter time. Yeah, yeah. Damn. Hey, that shit was that shit was hard. Yeah. Yeah, I, like I said, I don't know if y'all listening. Yeah. I don't know if y'all had these same Easter moments. Look, man, we Philly dudes, so you know. That's how we used to get it popping. Yeah, that's how that's how it used to be. Y'all wasn't doing it like gosh, y'all wasn't doing it right, son. <laughs> yeah. Out here getting it. <laughs> All right, so that's my shit. <sighs> so let's talk about um. I've listened to a lot of a lot of podcasts, and I know it's a little late in the game to even have this conversation, but let's talk about the uh, the formation video. Hell yeah. Um, Beyonce, you know, I know all the Beehive is, is out there representing. Um, you know, my lady is a big Beyonce fan. Uh, I thought the video was cool. I didn't really, I didn't really get that deep into it. I, but I'm not a fan, so I don't really count. Well, let me just say, I I didn't get it. Okay, like I got, I it's like after it happened, everybody kept talking about how she was so like. You know, it was so pro pro black and how it was so revolutionary and so profound. I'm like, she got on all black and they wearing berets. Right. Some of the chicks <laughs> got some of the chicks got afros and like knee boots. Like I don't see. All right, it's in New Orleans. Like all right, so this is the thing. So I didn't get it. If you watch the the Super Bowl performance and you just look at it on surface, it looks yeah. like any other Super Bowl performance. Uh, okay. But then when you heard all the outcry, I was like, no, that's not any other Super Bowl performance. This is a front to everything that we ever believed. And this is against police. And this is, you know, she's just, she's causing controversy. So here's the, at least for the, for, the, for those of y'all who are listening, who uh, are like Harvin, really don't get what the hell the problem was. Yeah. I'm going to try to break this down why this pissed white America off. <clears throat> So, A, formation is what the Black Panthers used to do. That's what Mm -hmm. they used to walk in. Same thing with that you saw the Nation of Islam walk in. It's a certain way that you carry yourself. Anytime blacks have gotten in formation throughout history, it's been against uh, white oppression. Understood. Uh, So, when you see black, uh, so when you see the Super Bowl, which is their Sunday, Mm -hmm. uh, and it's a national thing, and apparently the Super Bowl is a family event. I thought it was me and my niggas, but it's a family event. (laughs) so when you see that and then you see her, uh, given everything that's going on with police over the last few years, taking formation against, uh, you know, what they perceive as the police presence or just white America or white oppression, they felt some type of way about that. They didn't want to deal with that within the middle of the Super Bowl. Yeah, but it's like, well, deal with what? Like, OK, first of all, you got Coldplay, who's like the whitest group ever. Right, you got Bruno Mars, who knows what the fuck he is. I don't know if he's black, Puerto Speaking Rican, Speaking of right? Bruno Mars came out with the leather sweatsuit. He had a leather sweatsuit on. Was it Adidas? I don't, I don't I, think so. Okay, did it have the? I thought it had the white stripes. <laughs> it might, it might have been. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? The gold chain, but that's what I'm saying. So you got Coldplay, who's white, right? You got Beyonce, who's black, and you got Bruno Mars is in the middle. I mean, you pretty much hit every and You hit pretty much every culture in the Super Bowl performance. Yeah. So it didn't really seem like oh she's like sticking a stand like they didn't have no Trayvon Martin Here's shirts the thing. on. If the if the video hadn't came out the day before, I don't right. think anyone would have thought anything of it. No, I think so. I really do. I think when you see, I think Black Panthers and the the concept of women in afros and and staking formation automatically offends white people. I really do, especially if you were from that era. Now, granted, the video put everything in context for you, so if you saw the video, you understood what that was all but, about. Okay, but even talking about the video, dog, I didn't even get it. Like, <laughs> A quick, quick side note: I it. had red lobster on Friday, so it means you hit it right. I'm just saying I had red lobster on Friday. <laughs> Thank you. So yeah, in the video, you saw Trayvon dancing in front of the cops. I want to touch on that too, real quick. <laughs> um, all right, first. <laughs> all right, first, first to go back to the video. All right, nothing in the video seemed revolutionary to me. 
It seemed it seemed country. It seemed ghetto. You know what I'm saying? That's, that is oh, the boy. phone, y'all. That yeah. is the phone. Hey, man, listen, <laughs> we in the crib. What you expect? <laughs> you know what I mean? People call, but we ain't going to stop. It's all good. Yeah, like, my whole thing is that uh, I feel like uh, you. the Beyonce, the video, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm straight on the video. Like, I felt like the Not, video was, was, was cool. So I think the thing with the video is you. it was obviously, um, uh, you know, it, it, A, it wasn't for white people. It was for us. You know, it was her saying, you know, I appreciate my black nose. I appreciate my, my, ethn- my ethnicity. Yeah, I'm all for that. I, I think that, you know, for a woman of her stature, I'm kind of, I'm proud of her having that vibe. Really? I feel like, you know, she tries her hardest to speak to the hood consistently. Yeah, now her part was cool. The issue for white people is the Panthers represent them being against white. Like the Panthers were not necessarily that they were only against white people, but that's what they view. That's that remember that that they considered Martin Luther King a radical. You know what I mean? When you're anti this establishment establishment, and remember establishment they believe in because they believe that's what makes America great. You know, like you're anti America. So they don't necessarily understand the oppression that we feel as black folks. So they don't think about, like, you're taking a stand against something wrong. You're taking a stand against what they believe is great. Well, let me, let me just ask you just real quick, and then, you know, we can probably move on. But, like, as a person, when you saw the video, when you heard the performance, when you heard the song, did you feel like, you know, like, like, um, I guess, like, I guess pridefully charged up? Like, did you feel like... Yeah, no, I was happy. I mean, I like, just Like, did you feel like, like, yeah, this is, she's speaking for the people? I mean, I didn't get that vibe. I just more felt like this was a good video, and at least she on that topic. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is a good lane for her to be in. Um, and, you know, like, it's decent. I dug the way that she came out. But I didn't feel like this was this big pro-black event. And right. I guess that's what the concern is. You got to remember, white people also feel like it. And Bill O'Reilly said it. It's open season on white folk. That's what, they, that's what they've been saying for the last year or two. That if you're white in America, they, they're, they're overloaded with white guilt. Especially since they're not making a whole lot of money right now. They're going through the same economic hardships that a lot of us are. Uh, not all of them, but some of them are. So they don't necessarily feel like they deserve all of this white guilt anymore. So they ain't trying to hear it. There was a story in um, that a high school called... And uh, they had they they got somebody fired because they showed a video where they what they showed was white people running track and black people running track. Okay. And then as they as you ran down the road, the black people had all of these hurdles and white people didn't have a hurdle. So the hurdle would be racism and a hurdle would be poverty and a hurdle would be all of these different things. But it, and the rain clouds was over the black folk and white were just running normally. Right. Um, and it showed that the white people got to the goal a lot faster. So that with the the point of that was to show people that you know. Uh, racism or you know black people have a different perspective in America oh, but yeah. they got that they got a teacher fired for doing that because they said you can't be you're making white folk feel bad for the privilege of work of uh you know providing their kids something better you're making them feel bad to feel bad about being white and they over the past couple of years with the rise of Donald Trump and everything going on they're tired of that they want to they feel they never felt like racism existed but now they feel like Listen, we're all in the same thing. I'm not trying to hear this shit. Because if it was uh, us pumping our white power shit, y'all wouldn't want to hear it from us. That's just how they feel. I'm not saying that's right. Well, but that's I just mean, how they I, feel. I, I, I agree. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> yeah, though, they've been pumping their white power shit for a long time. They don't think that. They've been running the yard for a long... They still run the yard. They do. They don't think that. Except, see, that's their <clears throat> bullshit. See, you know what's funny? And, uh, I know we ain't really want to go down here, but let me just say this real quick, man. Like... It's just so funny because it's like to me it's like it's like kids being in elementary school, right? You got the bully and then you got the kid that's being like being bullied, 
all right? And all of a sudden, when the kid that's being bullied finally punches the bully back, that's when the teacher actually realizes it and sees it. And then you want to send this kid, you know, for suspension. Or then you want to try to take him out to school for actually trying to protect himself. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, you've been you've been kicking my ass for the last three months, and I finally get you back. And then you're going to say, oh, that's not fair. You should never hit him. You're supposed to have more restraint. You're supposed yeah. to relax. Nah, fuck that. You know what? And that's what I'm saying. I know we wasn't really trying to go well, down no, this road. Well, I mean, but well, all of it is like, I mean, I, what you're saying is they're all one and the same. Basically, it's all speaking to the climate. Mm-hmm. The climate right now is 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 a little sketchy, you know, for some white folks. The oppressor feels yeah. oppressed right now. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, what what good. it is is it's just um <laughs> fucking good. You, you know, the funny part. The, party, the funny part for me, man, is like I was having this conversation with somebody at work. And we was talking about the Black Lives Movement, and I was like, why do they keep showing up at like Bernie Sanders events? Oh, I get that too. Damn. And I was just like, you know, this is you know. Like this, from what I understand, this is the dude who's who's like I agree. Yeah, yeah. like why are you? Yeah. So this is the deal with Black Lives Matter. Does they show up at Hillary Clinton events too? And a lot Which, of folks. Once again, I I mean I sort of understand because of Hillary's history. But so this is the thing. A lot of folk always say, "Why don't they show up at the Republican events?" Um, and then you know, cause this chaos at the Republic at when you're at a Trump rally. Mm-hmm. So the reality is, they already know that the Republicans don't give a fuck, and the, they're not. Black people aren't going out to vote for Republicans. Republicans aren't trying to get the black vote. Right. Get what you have is Democrats who are trying to get it, and black people for the last twenty to thirty years have voted exclusively Democrat. We supported that particular party. Yet there hasn't been a whole lot of change in our community. So what we see is that they're only coming out to talk to us when they won our vote. We didn't right. know who the fuck Bernie Sanders was until he needed to go to South Carolina. No clue. When it was half, when the majority of the population was black. Well, I, so would, say, I would say young people. Well, no, see, young people actually knew Bernie. It was the older blacks folks. Because see, even in that when the, the the primary that just happened, he won. Um, he did good within the black youth vote, twenty nine and under. It was older blacks who voted for Hillary, and they overwhelmingly eighty four percent went in uh, her direction. Mm-hmm. The the issue is we don't want to just be talked to when you want our vote. You know right. what I mean? And you need to be able to do things that are uh, you know that target our community, right. uh, and that's not happening. So if we're coming out to vote for you, you damn right I'm coming to your campaign events and I'm holding you accountable. For what you've done, don't just talk to me when you want my vote. Now, what I will say is wrong because what, what just recently happened when they went to Hillary Clinton's event is they held against her some things that were part of Bill Clinton's administration, and that's not fair. She wasn't president, um, so you can't throw things like that at her. Uh, she but, wasn't um, president. Uh, yeah, but you know, again, no, wait, let, let's let, let's yeah, because like, all right, so let's put let's frame this yeah in another way. Uh, you are whatever you you're the CEO of whatever company. Right, right? That's awesome. Right. <laughs> when you go home and you make decisions, is your wife not a part of those decisions? Like, let's be real. As, I mean, yeah, but that's anybody. That's well, still not her but, job. Right. <clears throat> I granted it, but see, no, but you can't pick and choose. You can't run on the fact that you were his wife, and so that's part of your experience. Right. And then say, oh, but I had nothing to do with sending these black people to jail. Exactly. Like all you right, can't, you can't pick yeah. and choose. You got It's got to be all or nothing. Exactly. Either, either yes, that was part of my, and yes, I've learned from it. Right. I would maybe do things differently. Right. Or it's or you got to cancel that out as experience. Yeah, you can't. You can't say, well, I have experience because my husband. Is the CEO of XYZ, but then all of a sudden you'd be like, Well, it was a bunch of layoffs at that company. Well, that's my husband was the CEO, I was just there. Like, no, 
if you're gonna ride with it, you gotta ride yeah, with it. That's my husband's job. Yeah, you can't use that experience if you're not gonna take the weight. Let me give some context for the listeners. So there's a couple of things that happened during Bill Clinton's administration that the Black Lives Matter movement uh, brought up at a recent rally. Uh, one was black incarceration, mass incarceration, which definitely there was crime bills and uh, laws that got passed during the Clinton administration that have adversely affected the black community. Mm -hmm. uh, a couple Obama and uh, Eric Holder have overturned, so that's been good. Cool. Uh, the other thing was obviously the mortgage crisis that happened in America because Bill Clinton deregulated the mortgage industry, and that definitely had an effect on our community. Mm -hmm. Uh, and and there were some other and the welfare bill, the welfare reform bill that was Clinton's signature uh, achievement while he was in office because they couldn't get health care done. Welfare was done. And that has been absolutely crippling to, to the black community as far as upward mobility. Uh, we're in the process of trying to figure that one part out now. But that's one of one of those things where you turn welfare into a welfare industrial complex, to be honest with you. There you go. Uh, so, you know, that's what they were holding Hillary accountable for. Now, these are pieces of a legislation, and Bill Clinton was the politician and the lawyer who did it. I agree that, you know, he probably talked to Hillary about it. I agree that her, uh, you know, Input perspective, feedback, yeah, yeah, all of that stuff was important. But, I, you know, I don't know that it's, it's fair to hold her accountable for it. Well, it's um, not so much holding her accountable for it. It's just saying that, again, if she's going to choose to try to justify... Her position, as an example, saying, well, you know, I have the experience of being in the White House, quote unquote, you know, eight years with my husband. You know, yeah. I have the experience of being, you know, I'm sorry, what was her position? The Secretary, well, of, State. Secretary, Secretary of State. Secretary of State, yeah. You know, again, like if you're going to... She was a senator, too, in New Exactly. York. Now, if you're going to use all this information, of course, and also including being in the White House, right, for those for that time frame, then you're also going to be held responsible for those policies, whether they were good or bad, that was established during that time. Now, if you want, now if you want to omit that, then you gotta you gotta make a strong line in the sand and say, you know what, that was my husband's policy. Whether he was successful or failures, then you gotta let him ride on that. But you can't try to trade on that and act like you're not gonna be held accountable for it. I think that's where the scrutiny comes in when it comes to that particular issue. Well, that's fair. I can I can yeah. say that that's fair. All right. <laughs> so um, the other day I was listening to um, I was listening to uh, another podcast, The Brilliant Idiots, and Charlemagne was saying that. He sort of understands why Hillary doesn't try as hard as some of the other candidates. Okay. And it's simply because she's, uh, a, you know, uh, so much better, so much more skilled and has so much more experience. Okay. So it's kind of like, you know, she's LeBron and it's like you want her to like practice hard. Really? And it's like, uh, you know, like I don't need to practice. Like, look around. Look <laughs> at all the shit I've done. Okay. And which is sort of true, and that's kind of like my issue with Bernie. Right. Like, I love what you stand for, but right. do I really think you could run the country? I'm not. I don't. I'm not so sure. Um, I had that same concern about Bernie. What I'll say is the one thing that he has over uh, Secretary Clinton is always is been judgment. Um, he seems to have more foresight. Uh, you know, whether or not he can do it. Um, I don't see why he couldn't. I guess, you know, he has more experience than President Obama had coming into office. I'll put it that way. Mm -hmm. um, the difference, and Secretary Clinton pointed it out, is that uh, Obama put people around him early in the process that knew all the shit he didn't know. Right. So he he knew the financial collapse was going around, so he hung around Warren Buffett a lot. Right. Um, and Bernie seems to have, uh, you know, a blind spot when it comes to foreign policy, but he's not putting himself around a lot of thorough foreign policy people. Gotcha. His agenda is mostly domestic. He like, I'm trying to fix this shit over here. Um, right. and, my, and the way yeah. I'm going to fix it is not going over there. Um, but, you know, as far as which 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 sort of shows that Bernie understands but doesn't understand yeah. the job yeah. of being president. But yeah. I think but yeah. I think it's because of that is one of the reasons why I find that I'm 
I find myself more gra gravitating more towards him is because he's he's almost like he's like a he's like he's very idealistic. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and he wants to get shit done, and it's just like obviously we all know that that's not going to happen. But I like him. This, you know what? Fucking Bernie, I'm gonna give you a shot and try it. Yeah, As a, we gave fucking Bush two tries to try it. What I like Fuck about it. Bernie, well, don't say we. Yeah, well, we, we, we. I mean, me as a we as a nation, as a nation, yeah, we allowed him to do it. What I'll say about Bernie is get a little he, optimism in there. What, what or I, what I'll say about President Clinton, or uh, Secretary Clinton, what she's lacking is that future perspective. Like it, you don't paint the picture that the future is going to be so much greater or different with you. Yeah. See, President Obama was able to do that. He made the oh, future he sold look, hope. He oh, sold yeah. hope, and it then Bernie changed. selling revolution, change, change. People don't like what's going on now. They want to see something different. Right. They want to see future possibilities. Bernie's selling that. And President Clinton is pragmatic. I'm sorry, uh, Secretary Clinton is pragmatic. She's telling you what it is she thinks she can get done, realistically. Now, you'll be able to hold her more accountable because she's giving you pragmatic perspective. Right. With Bernie, you really don't necessarily think he's going to be able to do all of that and get it through Congress anyway. So you just want him to go in there and try. Bernie's a dreamer. Yeah. He I'm like that. <laughs> yeah, but he ain't no, he really, and he's pissed about the same things that everybody else is pissed yeah, about. Yeah, I need that. Um, yo. So <clears throat> Yo, so wait, y'all brought up something earlier, you know, and even the discussion that we're having, it's mm -hmm. obvious that we are more than likely all Democrats. So <laughs> why are black people Democrats? Because we don't know no better. You know, and I, and I mean, we just follow what our parents did. Yeah, I mean, and that's. Don't vote for the white person. <laughs> Them Democrats is white too. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, but, but just. If you're going to go white, go Democrat. Don't. So, this is what happened, or at least where it initially started. And I think everybody, you know, even the, the listeners uh, know, you know, Republicans were definitely more pro black early in the process of right. the country. Yeah, than, well, than, some people don't know that. Some people don't realize Martin Luther King was a Republican. Yeah, right. Martin Luther King was a Republican. Like that particular period, Republicans used to be the the party of black. And you know, that's Abe Lincoln. He was the, uh, you know, they had. He's the one who came from Illinois, uh, yeah. and that was a northern state. And they wanted to take, uh, you know, they wanted to end slavery that was going on in the South. And the Democrats were the ones. Jefferson, uh, I forgot his name. Jefferson something. Uh, but he was the guy down south that was really pro George slavery. Jefferson. <laughs> George Jefferson. <laughs> uh, anyway, so. Up even through Roosevelt, even through uh, uh, you know uh, the the uh, Republicans that were the early part of this uh, millennium, they were all you know pro-black. It wasn't until after Kennedy died, uh, and then Lyndon Johnson got in office. Lyndon Johnson did with something called the New Deal, and that was targeted toward mm -hmm. minorities. And it was look, I'm going to make welfare a little easier to get. I'm gonna I'm gonna make housing a little easier to get. I'm gonna end all of this. Essentially he just got rid of a lot of the stuff that was placed with Jim Crow. A lot of the Jim now. Crow laws. Yeah. Um so he got rid of a lot of stuff and he tried to make it better for black folk to target minority. He felt like he was gonna be this uni uniform unifying president. Right. Um and since then, because at that time the the Republicans were so anti doing that. They their more perspective at least at that time was if you do that then you're gonna breed complacency. If you make it so that you're just giving poor folk money, and a lot of blacks were in poverty at the time, uh, all you're going to do is breed complacency. They won't know what to do and how to get it when it's not given to them. Well, let's try it again. That is the case. I mean, but I not, and I do think that's what happened. But I do, you know, I, I say that with uh, green assault, meaning that everything that happened in the 80s also plays a large part on that. Well, yeah, that was you know, the, like, other the part intro. Of it. What like once you introduce drugs into the equation, that changed everything. Well, yeah, a lot of, and that's the thing. So what it is is you got black people on your side with that, and then for years after that, um, Republicans tried to take it away. 
So that's where that whole Democrat versus Republican blacks only being on the Democratic side came from, because they were fighting to keep what was just given to them, which they in their world um, was a little more like, you know, the, the, the first entry to reparations, something for all of the bullshit we've been through. You know what? Fuck that. I got a plan. Reparations interest. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I got reparations 2.0. All right. We just reversed the shit. All right. All the black people get the power, and all white people, regardless of your situation, you are now a slave. And we're gonna let y'all ride off of this shit for a good two hundred years, and see how to, you know, see how we balance it out. Yeah, I, I'm agreeing, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what? It's not about being fair; it's about being even. But the, you know what I think, though? And I'm it's totally funny, kidding. It's no. But, all right, let's go into the premise that you were totally serious. <laughs> what I think would happen is you have way more black Republicans because then we right. would be in power, there you and go. then it would be an issue of we all have, and it's a matter of all right, this is what we need to do to get it and to maintain it. Y'all need to do the same. Ain't no more handouts. Exactly. Uh, Everybody's then, going to Red Lobster. Yeah. And then the, the <laughs> twist with it is how, you know, whites may switch over to that Democratic Party if those parties still represent the same thing when that happens. Right. That's a that's a definite shift. So Ron brought up bringing in drugs into the, into the era. That was the next way that they went about Jim Crow laws. Um, you introduce that into the market. You introduce the violence that comes with it. And then you toughen the drug laws. Shout out for, for anybody who doesn't know, Joe Biden, um, who we love, uh, was definitely a big proponent of the drug laws that have incarcerated so many different people. And then they got reinforced during the Clinton administration. That's where a lot yeah, of what Black Lives Matter yeah, comes yeah, in. That's where a lot of issues. <clears throat> yeah. All right. So all right, I don't want to keep this too deep. Way to bring this shit so, full circle. It's good shit. Yeah, I don't want to keep the two D. But you know, so what's funny is in the middle of that conversation, you yelled out George Jefferson. Yeah. And you know what's funny is I look at the climate now and the climate back then, like you know, late seventies, early eighties, mm-hmm. and it's funny because you had people who clearly made light of the differences between black and white people. George Jefferson as a great example. Mm-hmm. George Jefferson was quick to call somebody a cracker. Or a honky. Yeah, or a honky. Yeah. Right? And it's just, uh, it's interesting to see how you take the dynamics of like that time period and how, you know, it was it was clear that we were divided as a, as a country, but yeah. yet it wasn't as as big. I think I think it was actually it might have even been in the opposite. Like I think the division between the cultures was so grand that when you presented a character like George Jefferson, who's sitting here calling this big white boy hunky to his face for national television, like the crowd loved it. Like white and blacks loved it. Like those who had, let's just say, a little bit of white guilt was like, Yeah, George, you deserve to get your piece of the pie. You know what I'm saying? And the black people was like, yeah, tell them motherfuckers. Like, they've been honkies for years. <laughs> so it was like, <laughs> like, you know, they've been fucking us over for years. So it was like, I think the division or that or the gap was so wide that you could get away with being so brash or being so direct. The problem is like nowadays, because everything is supposed to be so even, right? Everything is so vanilla, for lack of a better term, right? It's so <laughs> neutral, is that, you know, like, there is no disparity. Well, wait. Well, well, the point I'm getting at is, and not even so much like on a literal side of things, you know me, man, I'm always thinking in terms of, of humor. Right. Like, when did the whole concept of the politically incorrect come in? Because, like, clearly, the 70s and 80s was clearly not politically correct. Hell no. Like, people was more saying what, you, what they felt. And I wonder, if, is it because they were coming off a time period where you were just fighting for something? Whereas now, everybody gets in their feelings. Like, this is the era of sensitivity. Mm. It's definitely the era of you sensitivity. You know, everybody <clears throat> is sensitive about every little fucking thing. And it's like, yo, I should be able to say, 
hey, listen, you you know, you're a white dude. Hey, listen, do you eat this or do you like this? And, like, you say the same thing. And, like, everything is cool. Not, not It shouldn't ever be a situation where we don't really, like, just because we don't necessarily agree, like, we can't even talk about it. Yeah. Now it's like, I feel like now we reverted back to where we, now we, it's like, it's like the 50s. Like, now we don't even want to talk about it. We right. just want to do grimy shit. Because, again, I'm, I'm, I got an answer for that. It's because... Everybody think everything is so cool. Like, like some of the things that Kev was mentioning about the whole white privilege and all that stuff. Like, they feeling like the shit is even there, right? Yeah, the shit is even there, right? I didn't mention that. Black, yeah, yeah that's, all, that's what I was gonna say. So, <laughs> there, you really think there is a slow death on white privilege? Absolutely, because as an example, like, all right, a white person that that lives in that certain mind frame would say, you know what, y'all got billion dollars, you got million dollars uh, players. You know, you have a, a president that looked like you. You know, mm-hmm. you got Holly Berry and Denzel winning the fucking Oscar at some point. Like, every, as far as successful achievement has been made in this country by someone of color. You know, you got Serena Williams, like, crushing shit. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Like, we have penetrated through so much of the culture. You know, you got Michael Jackson and his staple in the music business. Like, we've been able to penetrate all the shit they've been trying to keep us out of. So, in their eyes, you know what? Y'all niggas is fair. Y'all, we even now. Yeah, but so, you know, but I, I don't want to hear no shit. Wait, hold on. I, me... I feel like that's, yeah, and I, I feel like that's such a slanted perspective purely because, we, you know, everything, that every type of person you mentioned is sort of in the in the realms that we already could and, control and that's because we are superior. A, yeah, I was Like, we're generally superior entertainers. Yeah. We're generally superior athletes. athletes. Of course. I'm not going to say we're superior musicians, but... You know, music has been something that's music, been part yeah, of our culture. Yeah, 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 we superior music. So no, hold up. So this is the thing. Um, Dude, and we, I was, we fucking made rock and roll. I was gonna add Chuck Berry did, but I was gonna add in you. that you know what, what you see right now, uh, specifically in um, in America now is whites. Uh, you know, they're having a hard time economically. And they're going to job interviews where they're interviewing with black bosses. Blacks yeah. are also presidents of hospitals now. Blacks are also economists now. Yeah. Blacks are also, like, remember the Oscars, even though it's Oscars so white, the, one of the head people at the Oscars is a black lady. Yeah. Um, the, the, the uh, you know, the uh, attorney general is a black lady. Um, you have a lot of blacks in positions that are outside of just music, a- athleticism, um, and entertainment. So once you penetrate every institution and you have black people that you're interviewing with and you come in and get a job and then you don't get the job, uh, it doesn't necessarily have being white isn't necessarily an advantage um, when you're interviewing with black bosses. Um, And that's something that they don't know that they ever had. You know, they don't realize that they had the privilege. That's the thing with privilege. You don't realize you have it. Things just happen to be a little easier for you. And when things ain't easy no more, which is what we're seeing now, you get things like what you see with Donald Trump. A whole lot of black white people who are upset about the fact that they can't get jobs, that when they get jobs, they don't make as much, that the guy in the White House doesn't look like them. Therefore, he's not crafting policies that are for them. Welcome they, to our world, motherfucker. Yeah, they get welcome to what it's like to be a minority. Yeah. And they're not, they're still the majority. So that's where they get frustrated with. And that's why all that anger you see at these Trump route and a guy like Donald Trump can uh, rise to prominence. He's been running for president damn near every election for the last 20 years. But this is the first time that he's in the, that he's gotten the tread that he's got. But a lot of it has to do with the climate. Um, and a lot of it has to do with white privilege not necessarily being as much of a privilege as it used to be. Yo, it's interesting. as I, as I Even as we're having this discussion, it made me start thinking about hip-hop because hip-hop is definitely a strong basis of this podcast. Yeah. Um, and it made me start thinking, like, okay... 
young white folks, because of hip-hop, relate a thousand times more than young white folks just 50 years ago. Do, do we agree with agree. that? Yes. Like, you know, pop culture is thoroughly infused with black culture, white culture. Absolutely. Like, you know, it's a mixture of all the cultures right now. Shout out okay. to Eminem. All right. So <laughs> it's interesting because, you know, e- even the basis of some of the things that we said were, you know, and white people, if you're listening, this ain't a referendum on you. This is just purely like just thoughts and we're just throwing some things out because it made me wonder like, OK, like if I'm. You know, if I'm a 24-year-old white guy and, you know, I believe that there has been injustice, but my dad or my uncle is totally opposite view, I'm just thinking, you know, it's funny, as someone black, we have a tendency to be, like, white. Right. But now that white is even becoming a little bit more divided. Now, let's be clear. If the revolution was tomorrow, we know whose team we're playing for. Absolutely. (laughs) You know, there's very few people who are willing to make those sacrifices for the other team. Yeah, of course. But but I do find that segment to be interesting because that's the segment that got Obama in the office. Mm -hmm. Remember, the 20-something-year-old white folk were born in the 90s. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, they were born in the 90s. Uh-oh. It's you know just that whole vibe is an interesting scenario. Like you know, like I said, I don't want to bog us down with too much political discussion. We gonna we gonna keep it moving, um, but we'll come back to it. Yeah, they, like trust me, we we'll we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll consistently be touching on this because yeah. like I wanted to bring up blackish, but I, honestly I don't want to keep going down this road. Yeah, yeah, like it's, it too it's you know it's a little it's been it's been it's been a little heavy, but it has to be because that's the climate that we're in. Um. It's just real. Speaking just real. of speaking of things changing and just hey, the changing with the times. Mm-hmm. Um, you know when you used to like like a girl back in the day, you might just be like, "Yo, let me go holler at her girl mm. and see what's up with her." You know, try to find some people that you might know. Yeah. What's your th- What's your thoughts on googling people? Like, like you know how now when people get ready going to date, they gonna Google you. They gonna They gonna look your Facebook page up. They gonna look up your Instagram, like they gonna see the type of dude you are before they even meet you. Like, that's what's cool. your what's your thoughts on that? I mean, that's real. Yeah. Not for you. I, I mean, I haven't really been exposed <laughs> to that as of yet. Well, I mean, if they Google you, they're not gonna tell you. That's true. <laughs> yeah, jobs do that too. Um, I, you know, I, I'm it's very stalkerish. I'm gonna be honest with you. It's now, little, no, but but it's, it's all public it's public. It's all public. Yeah, yeah but it's, it's still no different like, if you Google yourself. A bunch of pictures of you are gonna come up. But it's like, but I look at like, okay, I look at it like this. If you're talking to a chick, well, I, you know, I work at Blase Blase Blah, and let's say she come by your job, she may not come in. Or maybe she knows that you may be off and she may come in your job just to see what you do, like, or drive by the job. Like, that's kind of weird. Like, that's a little stalkerish for me. Like, why are you so concerned about what am I doing when I'm not with you? Uh, like, uh, it's, well, not not <laughs> not when you're not with you. That's <laughs> you t- I think you, the premise was more about, you know, before we even got together. Like, like I'm, okay. I'm looking you up to make sure that well, okay, you are okay. As an example, all right, I work in the lab. Yeah, so like, if I tell you that on my on our first conversation. Like, I don't expect you to come up to my job or, or really, like, I mean, I'm just saying maybe, maybe I'm a little naive, maybe I'm old, I don't know, maybe I'm just too lazy, <laughs> but, like, I'm not going to, like, look up your company or who you work for just to see what you do. Like, I don't really give a fuck about that. 
you know, maybe that's just me. Well, no, all right. So I, I agree. Um, I think <laughs> I, I personally weird, don't look chicks up either. Like if we going out, we just going out. I don't really right. unless I'm well, trying to get in. But, but we they, are also older. Yeah, and like, they we're, do. They we're, do. We're not used to approaching people. Like a lot of people meet online, whether mm-hmm. it's in a DM, whether it's through Facebook, whether it's on, on an online website. Okay. But the point is, is like now you kind of have to cross reference. Who you meeting? So what's I'm, the purpose of that though? Just to get to know more not, information? Yeah, just to make sure yeah, that just, you are who they who yeah. you say you are. You authentic. And I you know, I like, just I to make sure that. like you ain't you know, like you ain't on a list for touching kids. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I'm just saying, like, you know, that you might not be able to be around parks. You know what he you know. <laughs> <laughs> So it's like, yeah, we can't go to Penn's Land. We can't go to Love Park. I wonder because, why. Let me look him up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying that, you know, I, I get why people are doing it. It makes sense. It's authentic. But it's just not the same. No, and then no, because technically it's not. Because like it's my Instagram, my Instagram could look like I'm straight balling, but I could be broke as hell. That's yeah, but you saying. can't say that I had this job or I do this for a living just to get the chick, and then she can check you out. And but find that she out can that be. But don't. that's my point. Okay, that, that all all that shit on the fo- <laughs> on the um, social media can be a hundred percent fake. Yeah, I mean, you would have had to create a whole fake you. You know what I'm it's saying? It's not hard, dog. Like no, you just go on the profile, boom, boom, boom. This is me. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fucking, I'm a, uh, uh, I don't know, I'm an astronaut. Yeah, I mean, and you, NASA. And you, you can have like pictures NASA, and all of that. Right, you can have NASA logos and shit. You got pictures of the moon and the stars. I'm and not saying you can't do that, but it, all right, generally, I mean, most people, uh, you, you can know, forge you, like a signature by by Neil deGrasse, <laughs> fucking, you know what I mean? Like you could do a lot of fake shit. So in the '90s, you know, if you didn't feel like, if you felt like you was approaching something that was out of your league, you right. could put on the front. And you, you know she would. I don't. She would have to go to your job to figure out if that was right. Now you don't have. Now if you put on a front, she can kind of check your background. Um, so you don't have that aspect anymore. You know, what I mean, you still fronting on the gram. I ain't saying you ain't, but you not. When you kick that game to her, you need to be. It needs to be something you could back up. Um, and that's something that's you know is that's a good thing. People have to be a little more authentic. Whether that authenticity is fake, which I guess is an oxymoron. Uh, but, <laughs> but you know you can't just kick any game to a chick based on what you see from her like you know what i mean you really got to have something you can back up because they could check you out uh, and they could do this and we could do the same for them not that we would but you know <laughs> well i mean i've never i've never hit anybody's pages just to see who they are but it's no different than people saying, yeah john from high school so then you might go looking for john and your and people's friends like now, that happens. Now, let me tell you, I, I will admit that. Um, yeah, see, they, you guilt, more guilty than you thought. Oh no, not me. But I was dating this chick, <laughs> and I had made mention about an ex that I had dated. And I'm like, yeah, we friends on Facebook. So she definitely went to her page. And that's looked what I'm saying. Like, like that seems would to you be do that? a like, consistent right. thing. Like that's that's what people are doing like, now. You, like I mean, but what I'm saying is like, well, why do you care that she did that? I mean, I didn't. I'm not okay. Yeah, I did care. I'm not gonna lie. Because it was weird to me. Like, to me, that, that was very stalkerish. Um, That's like going through my phone. Like, what are you going through my phone for? All that means is they like you more than they should. But I don't agree with any more of that. More than they should. I don't know how to say yeah. that. That's how it is. Like, <laughs> like, you really ain't shit. I don't even know why you're fucking with him. No, just in general. You're like, three months. So, he got a three month rule. So, you playing yourself really because that's yeah. every day. Yeah, a lot of chicks think. He's going to hit you like seven times in a row. I think the biggest fraud when it comes to meeting new people is when you fraud like you don't like them when you already do. And I think a lot of times that happens and people aren't willing to admit it. So. Uh, they they do things.
things that show their actual feelings. Right. That behavior means that I give a fuck more than I should. Because if I don't, if you just another nigga I got a number from, I'm not going through the problem. I'm not even thinking about checking other pictures. I just think that's weird, dog. I just think that's really weird. And then I, I don't know. I'm not. I don't know. I mean, I don't care. You can check all my stuff. Yeah, I'm I, very consistent. Half the pictures are the same on Facebook and Instagram anyway, so <laughs> yeah, you're not going to learn anything more about me by checking out my social media. I agree that it's weird, but I, I, I agree that it's okay, too. Like, I mean, go ahead and do it. I ain't, I ain't worried about shit. Yeah, I, I think that if I was dating now and it was somebody that, like, literally I met in, like, a bar, I probably would check a little bit, do a little digging. So what do you? Uh, what am I digging for? Yeah, what are you trying just to find? kind of get the vibe? Wait, wait, wait. Oh, you know what? Let me give you an example. Um, years ago, somebody has suggested that I date a friend of theirs. Okay. So obviously, I don't know this girl. Right. I definitely went to the page. But you want to see her face? See, and yo, just understandable. Uh, I'm gonna give you a problem. You know the first one of the first things I might be checking for? What? Do she got kids? Okay. Like, you see what I'm saying? If she got kids, how old are your kids? They grown kids? They young kids? Like, these are all, it, it seems small, but these are just things we, we did the same thing. We just did them in a different way back in the day. Yeah. Before you just be like, yo, Tony, yo, you know Jasmine? Yeah. Yo, tell me about Jasmine. Yeah, you yeah. ask about her. Yeah. yeah, it's the same type of thing. Only now they they take it into their own hands. Yeah. I, I, I'm I not opposed to it. You know what? I understand. I mean, that's that's fair. You know what I'm saying? Like, Still oh, I see you smoking weed in one of your pictures. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't like that. Right. Like, I you saw, see what I'm saying? Like, right. I saw you kissing girls in one of your pictures. I definitely like, like, like that. that. <laughs> Matter of fact, and who is your homie? <laughs> is she is she with that menage a trois? Because I got a... <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> I got a fetish for that. <laughs> All right, so, yo, keeping it in line with, you know, with, with our podcast today. <laughs> I mean, because we, we touched on a lot of different things. She um, got real. You know... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, it's it's the climate, man. I get it, but um, but I wanted I wanted to um, throw throw this out there. This is you know this is our first top top five to end this podcast. So let me ask y'all, what's what's y'all top five rap crews? Oh boy, <laughs> and 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 let me let me be clear. <laughs> uh, rap crews are going to be you had to release at least an album or a mixtape collectively together. Right. So it can't be um to you know how we had clarity. It can't be like all of Rockefeller. All right. of Rockefeller is not. It's a crew, but it's not a crew. Right. State property would be a crew, and Dipset would be a crew. Right. Makes sense. Top five crews. Uh. Okay, I'll say I can't give you a. a don't got to be in order. Okay, I can't give you a, a solidified list, but I can say I can give you an honest good three, like Def Squad. Def Squad. Def, Second that. Yeah, Death Squad's definitely in there. Yo, what'd you think of Death Squad's um cipher? For, it was okay. You know. Like I really enjoyed Red's verse. Red was the only verse that was worth listening to. That's how Death Squad was. I just want to point that out. <laughs> I disagree because the album actually was 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 pretty oh, good. Oh, I really enjoyed the Death Squad. The, the album, album was, was really good. good. Yeah, the album was good. But mind you, they're old. So only one that really got bars and that's probably only that that actually really work at it is Red. Yeah. Like E double, he ain't making no, he ain't writing no rhymes. I mean, Keith, Keith Murray. Well, no, nah, I mean, I, I say Keith stays in his lane. Yeah, I mean, but I understand. All due respect for Keith Murray. Shout out to Wu Tang. I think Wu probably on uh, most people's top five. If you had to pick a crew, definitely. Yeah, definitely Wu. Wu's definitely in, in top five crews. 
Yeah, I, um, I I agree with State Prop. State Prop, me personally, because I like I still like a lot of those rappers. Like I, I still check for Freeway. I still check for Young Chris. Absolutely. I still check for Petey. Yeah. Um, and if Beans ever drops something, like I think Beans is one of the the goats that doesn't get credit as a goat. Like I think as far as lyrics go, if you check yeah. through his catalog and all of the verses that he put out, um, you know he can go line for line with anybody. But I don't think he gets credit for that um, for a bunch of different reasons. But because Beans don't, he hasn't really made like some solid albums. Yeah, his best shit, unfortunately, has been on like mixtapes on B sides. Like he really has and not, on other people's shit. Yeah, yeah, he has never really splashed or really just gave you like some solid joints for you to bump to. Yeah, no classic albums, and he don't yeah. have a lot of them either. No, nah, uh, but shout out to Stay Prop. Yeah, two two of my top five is more. I would say they're not necessarily old, young, but they're more recent, and that's going to be Slaughterhouse and Reup Gang. I agree. I, agree I like Ray Up Gang. Yeah, like I'm a major fan. I would say of both crews, yeah. and it's funny because it, I it, I really started thinking: Am I a fan of certain artists within the crew, or am I actually a fan of the crews? And those two crews, I do enjoy them together. Yeah, like you know, if it was like um like if it was a meal, I kind of would want the meal as opposed to just the chicken. Right. Like, you like the group as opposed to just the individual artists. Right. Now, then, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm a Pusha fan. So, I, you know, Pusha's like the chicken of Re-Up Gang. Yeah. Right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And Slaughterhouse, I got to be honest. Like, that's like four meats. Yeah. Like, I like, ain't really nobody <laughs> inside. Actually, you know, it's funny because um, I don't know if y'all heard that Voice of 5-9 Primo joint Mm-mm. that put out the joint Prime. No. Nah. I did not. That joint got some bangers. It's it's, it's Voice of Five Nine and DJ Premier, and they did a joint together. And he got he got Slaughterhouse on there. That's dope. He got a, he got a lot of lot of couple you know I mean nice amount of guest peers. He got Thought on one joint, oh, uh, Thought Snaps on that joint. He got Common like they they put a really nice album together. It's called Prime. I definitely suggest you two gentlemen check that shit out. If y'all listening, y'all like real good hip hop. Definitely check for that joint because yeah. that's, that's a banger. Yeah, I'm on it, bro. That's you a banger. Get. Yeah, Royce got bars, and I was never really a fan of Royce. I wasn't a fan of Royce either. Um, yeah, Slaughterhouse brought yeah. a lot more attention Absolutely. to Royce. Yeah, I, I definitely, get, I definitely got to give him his props. Yeah. I think being with Slaughterhouse changed the way that he flow a bit too. I agree. Because um, both, I heard some Royce shit from before, and it just wasn't what it is now. Nah. Um, so he, he stepped his game up being around the crew that he is, and that's what a good crew do for you. Yeah, make you better, especially when you got five, you got four MCs. That's all. Really, really dope. Yeah, yeah. it's going to definitely make you step your shit up. For all of us Philly fans who remember this era, I got to bring up the boot camp click. I can't let us not talk about this and not talk about uh, OGC, Helter Skelter, and Buckshot, Smith & Wesson. Smith & Wesson, yeah. Yeah. Like, they all all got together and it was a crew. Rest Uh, in peace. Rest in peace. Yeah, Uh, definitely rest in peace. But that was a definite top crew uh, back in the 90s. Yeah, I mean, I was a major, um, I was definitely a major boot camp click fan. Um... That just that time period, but it's so funny. Like the sad part is that is one of the most dated crews, though. Yeah. Like I feel like the yeah. time period they had was golden for them, but man, you just struggled once <laughs> that time period it's left. Over, yeah. It's it's like it's <laughs> it's like it's like Puffy killed it, man. Like Puffy <laughs> killed it. Puffy and Biggie killed the grimy shit. The shiny suit era. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like once you start once you start looping like Diana Ross and pop singles and you know. Like the grimy shit just just fell. It's like Onyx. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like all them grimy crews that had them hard beats. Like you you got lost in it. You got lost in the shuffle. Yo, and that's that's I was thinking of that. Like who is is there a grimy crew anymore? 
Like, no. is there anybody that's just straight grimy? Like, that? that's still out, that's a still crew? make music, or even just an artist. I, I mean, mean Yo like, Gotti get busy. I think Yo Gotti definitely. Um, but he, he's he not grimy, straight. though. Yeah, I mean, see, what's grimy, then? Like, grimy is like, it's like, uh, I, I do grimy? feel like grimy has a feel. I feel like grime, like just even the term grimy has a feel. The last grimy artist that I would, the last artist that I would actually dub grimy would be like DMX. Oh, I mean, if you're talking like that, then yeah, it's it's a little tougher. Yeah, like that. To me, X was like yeah, the modern X, grimy. MOP. Right, MOP, like that. You know, Clear, it's street, but it's, yo, it's a big difference you know between what, just you know being street is? and like hard. Grimy like. indicates like, I yeah, I'm trying to get paper. But my reputation is more important than the paper. Grimy is I don't want to see this nigga in a dark alley. Yeah, but that's how the, that's how the, like Gotti and Jeezy talk though. Like I don't I don't think you want to see them niggas either. But see, I, I, see Jeezy to me he talk more street, more hustler shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Grimy and hustler are different. Yeah, like, like Grimy dudes rob the hustlers. Right. Oh, you talking about them type niggas? Nah, they yeah, ain't that's Grimy. Right. Right. That's Grimy. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like the nigga you you don't want to see in the dark alley because they gonna take all your shit. Yeah, it ain't Yo, MOP had a song called Annie Up. <laughs> step by step booklet on how to rob a nigga. Take rings off. <laughs> take chains take, off. Take chains off. <laughs> Annie Up. Everything <laughs> off. <laughs> Fool what you want. Like, he made it very simple. Respect to your jewels. He made it very simple. What's the. Pat him down. Like, yo, he told you how to rob a nigga in a song. Very easy. Like, you listen to that shit, like, all right, this is how I do it. Okay. All right, take rings off, take jeans. Okay, Annie up. All right, I can say that. Okay, I can do that. Okay. Click, click. Let me go out here and get this money. Like, that's grimy. Like, Alex is niggas that would, they would rob the shit out of you. I, I don't think that they seen that now. way initially. Yeah, I mean that's what they sold you. Yeah, they that's, sold that's you the what ball they sold. Head. <laughs> yeah. like, they had this, the ball head black terms. They sold you that, and that's what I'm saying. Like Big kind of sold that initially. Yeah, Big was grimy until Puff yeah. changed it. Right, yeah. Puff Big. was like, "Yo, we can't sell records being grimy." Exactly, because that shit is dying. <laughs> yeah. He was like, "Enough, enough, right. enough being grimy." Like, I need you to go ahead and get on mark because these white people ain't gonna buy this grimy shit. Yeah. And then you market it to the chicks. All right, so yeah. what I'll do is for before I don't know when I'm coming back for the podcast, but whenever I do come back, I'm gonna look that up because I think the artists are out there. It's just they might not get as much tick, so I'm gonna check the mixtape circuit. Yeah, generally grimy, grimy, grimy cats is not you know they not pop culture shout out to Lil Herb Lil Herb is is close to what you guys are talking about but I know that can't be that's why you're here because you name me cats I don't know who these people and and I had a feeling y'all didn't I I was gonna say that's that nigga working pop pop I was gonna say Lil Herb you said Lil Herb or Lil Earl Little herb, little herb, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I mean, uh, yeah, smoke a little herb. That's like something you tell somebody. Yeah, I smoke a little herb. Not a whole lot, you know. He's close, but I'm gonna check for it. I have something next podcast. Whenever I come back, yeah, the grimy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, bring back the grimy, son. Yeah, I'm, I'm off. Bring back grimy the same way you should bring back weed and the little brown envelopes. Yes, yes. You know what I'm saying? When a Nick was a Nick. You know what? One last thing. Talking about grimy. Think about the tunnel. Yeah, yeah. Tunnel, tunnel indicated tunnel grimy. Right, that was like the epitome. That's like the Madison Square Garden of griminess. Like yeah, the tunnel. Yeah. And not too many niggas can walk in the tunnel and walk out the tunnel. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like that to me is the epitome. And I think MOP like ran that shit. All right. No enough. doubt, no doubt. Well, listen, man, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. This was Nostalgia, the podcast for me, Teron, for Har, for Kev. You. Appreciate y'all being here. See y'all next week. Peace.